Paul and Tyler found in jail Had no money but to go their bail Your eyes on the cries Hold on Hold on Hold on Keep your eyes on the prize Hold on Hold on Hold on Keep your eyes on the prize Hold on Began to shout, do a top door and all walk out. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on. Well, the only chance we can stand are the chains of hand in hand. Keep your eyes. Got my hand on the freedom power. Wouldn't take nothing from a journey now. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Keep your eyes on the prize. Edmund Pettus Bridge, 
the last march did. The marches recovered and had participants from all over America and all over the world covering African Americans that they sought the right to vote. And many people participated, including school children. Many people also died for that right. Viola Liuzzo, a housewife from Detroit, was killed in helping marchers to get to these designated places to march. The Reverend James Reed was beaten to death. And Jimmy Jackson, his death sparked these marches and the marchers to keep moving forward. He was one of the first people to be killed February 25th, 1965. Today I talked to a grade school activist. He's now the Reverend Clarence Varner. But he and many school children were compelled to join the marchers and make a difference. And he talks to us about how it impacted his life to see the happenings of that time, the seriousness of voters' rights, and how we're still fighting for that today. And what he sees as not only the legacy, he talks about today's generation and what and how they may process this. And the importance of continuing the fight and taking it seriously. He also gives his opinion about what he's seeing today in these remembrances and why it needs to be taken much more seriously. The Reverend Clarence Varner and I are coming at you right now. Reverend Varner, I really uh, appreciate you being with me. Uh, we're talking about the so much from Montgomery marches and the civil rights movement in general. As many of the foot soldiers have gone home, um, we don't really get a history of what happened back in the 60s, 50s, 60s, in the area of um, segregation to integration. So I wanted you to introduce yourself to the audience and, and let us know about your background, where you came from, and why you got involved. Well, I, I was, uh, my name's Clarence B. Warner, and I was staying in Selma with my oldest brother's wife because uh, she had uh, five children, and he had went overseas. And when the marches started in Selma, I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, uh, we uh, decided to take part in, in that uh, march at first. A lot of kids were going to the marches and going to the city-ins and kept them in the great, uh, a lot of places that was white only in Selma. And a lot of racism there. Um, uh, so at, at first when it started, I, I didn't take part in it until uh, it had started. And, First, it started as, as a way to get out of school. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, it turned into a, uh, uh, a meaningful thing because uh, of the injustice that was going on at that time. And uh, when, the, when the market started, um, we had kids that were 
uh, get out of school and go downtown and march in the afternoon and, and uh, do sit-ins, whatever, whatever they were asked to do. And at that time, I was a, a five-month R.B. Hudson High School, the only high school there in the city of Selma. And so it turned into a, to a thing that I got interested in and, and wanted to be a part of. Now, kids were involved in the civil rights movement you are mentioning. And um, some, you know, as, as young as seven, eight years old, I hear. Um, why were kids so um, moved to become a part of the injustices? I mean, they're kids, right? You know, you, you could be out doing some other things. <laughs> well, I, I, I think some of the younger kids, now that with, with their sisters and brothers, they, they probably didn't know what was going on. But uh, as a high school student, you know, you realize what's going on. And uh, uh, because Hustle High School, uh, contributed, uh, um, real heavy to the, to the people that was marching downtown and, uh, we went to jail so people could have a right to vote. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we was, uh, we was pushed and shabbed and, uh, some was hit. Uh, uh, police used what is, what is called a caliprot, which uh, farmers used to shop their cows to make a move or whatever they wanted to do. They used them on us and, uh, threatened to turn dogs loose on us while we was in jail and, uh, uh, just treated us uh, inhumanely, uh, as they treat it. And, but one thing I, I look back on now and think about, uh, none of the people was uh, deterred from continuing to, uh, answer the call when they, you know, someone will come to the school and say, hey, we need some students to come go with us. And, and you know, they never marked us after from school. We, we would fall out in, in the hundreds of children, you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of teenagers being fallen out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Were there black businesses that were um, uh, at least behind the scenes helping, or were they out front? That I don't know because I wasn't in on the uh, uh, the inner workings of what was going on. Um, I know there was a lot of older black people in Selma that wasn't happy about us being a part of it. They, they were, you know, they, I, I imagine they was afraid because, you know, they were saying, you know, y'all shouldn't be doing this, you know, but, uh, I, I imagine, you know, them coming out of the thirties and, and everything like that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't, they didn't want to see the apricot upset, but, uh, I thank God for the leaders who changed themselves and, and, you know, push what they push for uh, uh, for us to march in Selma because we marched in Selma many days in Selma alone before the march to Montgomery took place. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they had uh, we had a lot of um, a lot of people that that uh, 
went to jail and um, they would let you out and the next day we'd, we'd be back on the street again. And yeah. um, somewhere in the uh, archives of CBS News, I, I was holding a sign that the cameraman caught me with this this taxation without representation. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, then the idea came up about taking it all the way to the Capitol, which was the same as the Montgomery March. And uh, and we used to go to the mass meetings that was held at uh, Brown Chapel AME Zion Church there, which is a historic site now. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's where most of the the mass meetings took part, and I went to, took part down at Brown Chapel. In fact, Mm -hmm. that's where... Uh, I had a chance to see Dr. King and listen to his speech in Brown Chapel. And uh, when he came outside, he he coming down the side and walked, he reached his hand out to me and shook my hand. And, and all the kids thought that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. That uh, wow. Dr. King shook my hand. Uh, all the kids used to used to come and ask me, "Are you the one that?" Uh, Dr. King said, "Can I have to be out with the one?" But you know, I really didn't look at him at that time as something great. But you know, he he became a greater man after he left Selma. Right. You know, I appreciated the idea that I had a chance to see him, and appreciated the idea that he shook my hand. Mm -hmm. The Selma Montgomery marches were also in remembrance of uh, Jimmy Lee. Jackson, um, the brother that was killed, um, and um, I know he was struck on the 18th. I think he died the 25th of February in '65. Uh, um, do you remember that incident or reading about it? I don't remember the incident, but he didn't die in film. I mean, he he got killed actually in, in uh, uh, Marion, I think Perry County. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, he got killed there. And uh-huh. that started that started a lot of stuff to happen, you know. And um, uh, yeah, we 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 heard about that, you know. And uh, he had gotten killed. And um, uh, I don't know when the idea of marching from Montgomery to I mean from Selma to Montgomery came up because, like I said, I wasn't in any other action. I was just a foot soldier. Right. And whatever they decided they wanted to do, I was I decided I wanted to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, um I was working a full time job at that time at a nursing home and um the man who owned the nursing home, which was Dr. Dunn, he found out that I had been in the marshes and uh, he was a white man and he was a good man. I was, I was a student in high school, and he, he gave me a full-time job, and uh, he allowed me to get my lesson on the job and everything to go through school. But uh, when he found out that I was in the marches and stuff, he called me in his office and he said that uh, he didn't want none of the people that worked for him to be involved in it. And uh, he said, I had to make the choice. And I made the choice to keep marching. And... Uh, that's what I did until, uh, till it, till it ended in my country. Mm-hmm. 
So, why was he, did he think it would be a mark against his business that you worked there? Well, I, I, I think it was just some of that old Southern stuff, you know, that, uh, you know, his people, that he, he didn't want his people being a part of it. Right. You know, because he, he had a lot of black folks that worked for him, you know, in the kitchen. In fact, my sister-in-law worked for him in the kitchen, and uh, there's a lot of black people that worked for him. And uh, I, I don't know if anybody else quit or not, but I, I quit because I didn't. I felt more uh, drawn to participating in what I was doing than wearing about a paycheck at that point, you know. And right. so I, I, I chose to to leave the job, you know, um, and to continue the march and be locked up for people to be able to vote. And that was one of my... That's one of my tips today. I, I do not like to hear nobody say I don't vote, you know, because I went to jail many times for uh, for the right to vote, and uh, I just I just feel like everybody, whether you're candidate me or not, or, or what what party you vote for, that's just that's, that's your business. But uh, get out and vote. I believe um, that many people today, when they look back on the summer to Montgomery March outside, there's a movement of people that uh, we've got the black, buy black movement, et cetera, and they're blaming the whole uh, integration, the 65 uh, voting rights and amenities and all that. They said it was the disintegration of the black community and black businesses. I don't know. Do you have an opinion on that? Um, I well, you know, we wanted to integrate too much. <laughs> well, well, we've got to understand what Dr. King asked for. He didn't ask for immigration. See, that's the first thing people need to understand. Dr. King said he won't equal justice. He didn't ask to be to integrate. I think that's one of the Jim Crow things that they put in to weaken what Dr. King was asking for. He was asking for if you put if you put money on the rich side of Montgomery, put some on the poor side of Montgomery, the same amount of money, uh, or the same amount of opportunities. He never he never asked for immigration. I never heard him say uh, uh, we want to integrate, but that's the, that's what they came up with. It to keep from putting money in black neighborhoods and stuff like that. Well, we'll bust them to the other side of town, you know. And uh, uh, that wasn't what he asked for. Uh, He asked for for equal justice, equal uh, opportunity. That that if you don't, that's why he made in the streets, don't judge me by the color of my skin, but the characteristics that I have inside of me. My character, and so you know, they came up with the idea: we ain't gonna put that money in; we gonna just integrate. And see, when I grew up in Chilton County, we don't have one black school, and they closed our school down and sent our kids to the white schools. Would not put, would not leave our school open. That wasn't what he asked for. 
He asked for the, if he put money in other schools, put them in the black schools too, to give our kids a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things that, that, uh, I, I think a lot of people is, is, uh, um, uh, uh, don't have the real understanding of was he never asked for integration for us to, to do what we are doing. One thing I'm surprised about in Alabama, the history of the civil rights movement, and just what you're talking about, kids becoming involved, uh, the equality versus integration, that's not even taught as part of the history class. They just give us uh, a few names like Rosa Parks or Dr. Martin Luther King, and maybe a few other locals, and that's just about it. They're not really explaining what it was about. Do you think it's up to the black community to step in also? Uh, because you're not going to learn but so much from the public school system. Well, the, 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 the black community doesn't have the platform we used to have. It, it's because right now you we got uh, you got our kids just going to high school and uh and, and you got white people deciding on what classes to be taught. Now, now they want to come out. Don't go past Black History past nineteen seventy. Why? You, you, you don't even talk about the civil rights movement if you if you got the history off from nineteen seventy to now. Uh, we had a lot of people who died and and uh, uh, for the the civil rights in, in the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And black, uh, because the night that Bowie uh, Russo died, got killed by the Ku Klux Klan on Highway 80, uh, she was driving people to Montgomery to be in the march the next day. Mm-hmm. And as we, as we got ready to go to Montgomery, they told us that they had to hold it up because uh, she had got killed on Highway 80 in the FBI. And the, all this was very closed on the thing for a few hours and after that we was allowed to um uh, trucks or anyway we could get to Montgomery. I remember riding a truck all the way to Montgomery because I wasn't I didn't march from Selma to Montgomery. But uh, we got in Montgomery the night before the march was to go up to the Capitol and we stayed at St. Jude. They they dropped us off over St. Jude's uh, uh, church, we was, we was there in the, uh, sanctuary, uh, we slept on the pews inside the church. We mm-hmm. in the red mud, we got there and they gave us a bologna sandwich and I think a, some juice or something to drink and we slept there that night and the next day we was told to get up and get ready for the march and we all gathered on next Avenue and we marched on up to the chapel. Mm-hmm. Those uh, things don't really resonate today because it's not taught within the school system. And I just think some of that responsibility, most ethnicities, they learn about their history within their own um, churches, communities, you know. They learn about that. Um, we have memorials, not only... The, um, the Smithsonian has an African American, but we have the Holocaust Museum. The Holocaust happened overseas. It was a horrific thing that even happened in history. 
but we know about it. What about African Americans actually teaching in other avenues also um, black history? Because a lot of it's missing. You don't have Jet and Ebony um, on every coffee table anymore. You don't have the black media and and age like you once used to to talk about well, these things. Well, the thing of it is, is uh, we see what's going on like in Florida and, and in right here in the state of Alabama. Uh, we had uh, last week, we had uh, 300 kids walk out of here, Chris High School, over just a little because they were saying that, you know, they had too much for their black history. Well, if, if you want to be serious about black history, we can go all the way back to the Bible. It's proven that, 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 that Adam and Eve was black. And, you know, but, it's, but uh, in the white church, he's taught, they talk from the white perspective that the white person did it. But uh, that's not true. But that's another thing. But I think Facebook, with all of these different people who have these platforms on Facebook, is... Uh, is downplaying the amount of slaves that came to the United States, downplaying uh, whether they were actually in slavery or not, is, is confusing a lot of our young black people because this day and time, they don't have to go to the back door as we went to the back door. Right. They don't have to drink out of a fountain that says color and one says white. They don't have to walk through a door where it says color and white only. They have not been used to that. They they come up going to school with mixed, mixed children and everything. So their focus is not as, as our focus was to make, get out of it and make ourselves better, make things better in our time because they are already in the better part of it. So they do not take it as seriously as we took it. So that, I think that's the most part of the disconnect that we see now. Uh, not only is not taught, but our younger generation don't want to look back on that because they, they have not experienced that. And so it's going to die out with the older generation because the older generation now that that uh, I had to go to the back door, had to go to a witness that color, had to go through a door that uh, uh, couldn't go through those that said white only, white water fountain, and black and, and, uh, and uh, colored water fountain. They, they have not been exposed to that, so it would not affect them as much as it does the older generation. And when we talk about that, the younger people say, well, you know, it ain't that way no more. Okay, well, actually it is. It's worse. Really? It, it, yeah, it's, it's they really lynchings on TV. You got lynchings because, on TV now. Right. Yeah, it's worse really because uh, the, uh, they just put it in another form that, that, uh, that, that they have now. And all the younger people don't understand it. They, they really don't understand it because they never had to experience it. And so the stem of the Montgomery March, does not mean that much to the, uh, this, this early, uh, this later generation and the generation to come because they don't see the significance that we saw at the time. Mm. 
but like I say, subtly we're seeing lynchings on TV. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing nothing to really being done to address um, the people who are supposed to do the law and order. Um, <laughs> we're seeing a lot of things in a different way now, and so it's it's there's still violence against innocent folk. Um, we're seeing it in a different way. Yeah. And what's the thing to realize is the police force was uh, was was pretty brave to keep black folks in, in place. Mm-hmm. It was pretty forced to protect black folks. The police force was put in, in place to protect the white people, protect mm-hmm. us from them, protect them from us. And that's why you see the, the culture you have in the, in the community of the police, even when the black boys get on the police force, they drop, they fall into that culture. The culture of the police is, is not to protect us, it's to keep us in place. That's why, and that's why, they, that's why they have on the books that, that, uh, uh, immunity. That you can't sue a police. No, I don't want to sue him. I want him if he crossed that line to be treated as a criminal like anybody else who crossed that line. So you don't see them on television being down fight for us. You don't see them on television. This this one man went into the church in, in South Carolina and killed nine people in at Bible staff. When they called him, he told him, he told them he was hungry. They took him to Burger King or McDonald's and fed him and treated him like he was a rock star. They wouldn't have done a black man like that if he had killed nine white people. They wouldn't have shooting. him. They'd have killed him right on the spot. So, you know, the disparity that's going on now is it, 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 sometimes worse than what it was back in the 50s and the 60s. Uh, because everybody that knew that if the police had come after, they probably gonna come shoot anyway. You know? Wow. And so, so this is, this is, this is, this is, this is like those young men that those young police would kill that black boy in Memphis. It's the culture. They got, they, they feel like if they can kill somebody black, they're not gonna be held accountable. Whether you black, that's why the white police feel like he's not going to be here. Just like right there in Montgomery, the man that killed that young man. That, it took him, what, how many years before he stayed back? It took him that many years. Killed a young man out right there on the street, man walking on the street. He stopped messing with him, and, and the man, he beat the man up and he died. Wow. How long did it, how long did it take him to send him to prison? The only, reason, the, the, the only reason that, that, that the police force is, 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 is has, the, has the power that they have is because the laws were formed to protect the police from having to go to jail and home kill a black man. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it's still, it's still an effect. It's still it an effect. We, uh, the culture that surrounding the police, I had two sons of those police they're in my memory. And they always told me, they said, it is hard to convict the police. 
don't care what he do, it's hard to convict him. Again, we got these police unions who, who stand up and fight for them and uh, to keep them out of jail. You don't stand up and fight for them black guys in Memphis. You know what? Right. Mm-hmm. Because, because they, they, uh, uh, they, don't, they don't spend no money on them. They spend money on the white police who, who, who try to, who, who, who cross the line. Uh, my time is if anybody crossed the line, I don't care whether you're white, black, blue, or brown. If you break the law, you should go to jail for it. Right. I agree. So I think, I think what is lost now is we fighting so many issues on, on the front that some of them are getting pushed back to the rear. And so, you know, this is why I think they're, they're, the seventh of Montgomery March and the marches we've done back in '65 is not talked about or as effective as it was because uh, there's so many. It's getting watered down, so that's what it meant, you know. Right. Uh, Too much ceremony and picketing. Right. That's how it is. You know, I I went down to several once. Uh, since uh, when they had the marches down there, and, and it was like a carnival down there. People selling stuff, you know. It, it wasn't about, uh, you know, what actually happened down there. They had performances going on on the stage and all this kind of stuff. I finally told my wife, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it because, because they, it's, 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 it's a money thing. Now, right. It's it, it, trucks having food, making money, and all of this kind of stuff. It's more of that than it is what the actual thing goes for. And that's why a lot of foot soldiers' uh, stories not being told because, uh, you know, they, they, I don't know why, because the foot soldiers who really done the most work, it was planned by Charlotte's uh, work and um, uh, Jose Williams and different people and uh, but there were people like John Lewis and uh, the people who led the marches that, that uh, 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 you know that saw the brunt of the civil rights because when the Sunday morning that uh, they got ready to march from Sherman to Montgomery which they called Bloody Sunday I had made it in my mind I was going to march down there too. And I, was, I just got down on Charles Silver when everybody was running and telling everybody to go back, go back. They beating them on the bridge and everything like that. So that's the reason why I, did, I wasn't involved in it because of the, uh, the uh, police lining up on the bridge and, uh, long, uh, Sheriff down there was in uh, in uh, Dallas County, and all of them was lying there with Billy Club, tear gas, and you know, turning people back. You know. Wow. And that was the second march too. That was the second time they tried to march over where people were getting beat up, and that was caught mm-hmm. on national media and beamed all right. across the world. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. mm-hmm, there were three marches to Selma. But that's the reason why I do these segments 
for the show because we do have a ways to go. And I'm, I'm very sorry, just as you are, that it has turned into a carnival and who is what and who's in the picture. And and I, I work with a state representative, and I, I even told him at the time, I said, why is it turning to this? There's, there are issues that still need to be addressed. This is a photo op now. Uh, who's down there? It's a photo op. That's, that's, that's basically what it is. Wow. Uh, it has no, it, it has no significant meaning to me. Uh, mm-hmm. for them, for them to just go down there and, and remember Blood's funding, just march across the bridge. Uh, what, what have you accomplished? What was the reason for march across there? They don't have any reason to march across there, uh, uh, you know, uh, so I, for me, it's, it's, it's meaningless that when they, you know, when they, Look at that because, uh, you know, they don't have a, a reason why they're doing it. And, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's just a photo op to me. Do you think that things will, uh, especially now that we have a George Floyd bill and issues that need to be addressed, do you think that possibly people will wake up and actually make that a cry? Because we don't even have the, uh, John Lewis voting rights bill passed. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. Yeah, there's a problem here, and um, this is just a personal opinion of mine. There's nobody else's opinion. I want to make that clear. This is a personal opinion of mine. Nobody else. We've got too many black folks who are blinded of the struggle that we have, especially those who are in the Republican Party. They, they are blinded by uh, the, the struggles that black folks have. And that's why they can go to Washington and vote against stuff. That's why they can go to Montgomery and vote against stuff. They can vote with the, uh, 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 with the stuff that, that uh, uh, still holding people down and holding people back because they don't see it because they, they you know, they feel like, well, yeah, I am. I'm a representative, you know, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you don't see my plight because, you know, uh, you're looking at a different spectrum from where it's at, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just like, it's just like I was disappointed in Tim Scott from South Carolina when this black man got shot running away from the police and they put him in charge of getting, a, uh, trying to get some, uh, reforms put in place and, First thing he hollered about police immunity wasn't something they were going to put on the table. You know, he, you, you're looking at something because you might be living in a gated neighborhood and stuff. I feel how bad a man is. You know, he, he deserved, he deserved an opportunity to live. That man hadn't killed nobody. They wanted him on, on a traffic stop. That man had not killed nobody. No, no police should not shoot anybody. Confronting a traffic stop. And the only way, only way this, only way this thing gonna turn around is, is you gonna have to put police in jail when they cross the line. I spent seven years in the military, in the Marine Corps. I went to Vietnam. And 
They told us if you cross the line and do something you ain't supposed to do, you're going to get charged with it. I can say they're going to stand behind you. If you if you get mad and start killing civilians for no reason at all, you're going to jail. We were told that. And they meant that. That's why Kelly, who was in the army, went into the main line, killed all those people, and they put him in jail. You know, and the people that was with him. Be, that's, that's what needs to happen. You know, nobody asks you to join the police force. If you can't take that stress of being on the police force, you shouldn't get on there. Mm-hmm. If you don't have, if you go, but see, a lot of them go on there with the knowledge, just like the man who killed George Floyd. He should have never been on the police force. He had 18 counts against him. That, that, that the police, that the city of, of Minneapolis had not addressed. Houston had never been on the street. That, that man, he, he, he had been kicked off two or three other police forces. Houston never have been able to wear another police badge, even in Timbuktu. But because they look, they look past them, George Floyd's video. I don't care if they give him a hundred years, that's not gonna bring George Floyd back. That's not gonna correct the situation that, that the police force allowed him to be on the force when he wasn't convicted to be on the force. Right here in Alabama, you got police moving from one county to the next. Now, if they get in trouble in one county, they go to the next and get on the police force, some police force there. You know, if you get in trouble, you shouldn't be able to go in there. You should be there like your enemy. You get in trouble in the military, they kick you out, and you can't go to man another the branch of service. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be. Well, you're right. You're right. That's the way. That may come. It's common sense, but we're in an age where the news is, let's say, interesting. <laughs> and um, yeah, these things need to be addressed. Um, you know, a lot of issues need to be, and that's why I say with this Bloody Sunday, we're seeing, you know, in real life, uh, crimes being committed on TV. Right. And uh, I'm tired of seeing black folk used, really, it's, it's basically used for a TV show now. We're watching well, that's it. That's it. And it's sad. Right. And, um, you know, so I think that what you experienced was upfront racist stuff where you couldn't go places and you had very few rights. Now we've traded that for an integrated society. Okay. But then again, there's a lot of the racism in our face. Okay. In a different way. So, yeah, so do you think that the... You think that we as people pretty much gave up? I don't think so. I don't think so, but uh, we don't. I think what's happening now is we don't have a voice like Dr. King. Okay. I, I, I really I, I really don't. I really think that's our problem now. Uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, he, uh, he has a voice, but his voice is not big as Dr. King's voice. Right. Uh, 
Uh, I, I think that's 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 the problem we have now. We don't have a person with a big voice, and uh, 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 you know we got so many different voices in different places, you know. But mm-hmm. I just I think that's I think that's the biggest problem now. Dr. King had a big voice. Mm-hmm. He, he had a big voice, and he not only here in America but around the world, you know. Uh, 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 so. Uh, I think that's, I think that's what is lost in how things is, uh, being addressed because he had a big enough voice that he could go in the White House and tell Johnson what he thought, you know. And, uh, uh, he could go in the White House and tell, he, he could stand and say, you know, he was against the Vietnam War, you know, two million hour black boys is going over and dying for no reason. And, and we don't have uh, uh, equality here at home, you know. So we don't have that voice anymore uh, that he had, and um, uh, I think that's I think that's the the whole issue because we, like I said, we got Facebook and different places, different platforms now who is speaking against some of the things that that was prevalent in the civil rights years. Uh, making it seem like you don't have to have it no more, you know. And so our younger generation has not been used to it, and so that's why that's why our younger generation uh, we got very few young people now who gets involved in in these things is because they they have, they didn't feel the the uh, 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 the we got. You know, having to stand in the back of the line and having to go to a different line than the white people. You know, they they start the school and change out. They would they with all the uh, all the uh, different ethnicities that have to go to school. You know, Mexican children, white kids, Asians. We didn't have that, and so uh, you know, I think that's what that causes the lose the scene that. That it had in the sisters. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't see it getting back to that soon. Mm. Well, yeah, they said the rounding of America, and will will take full effect within the less than ten years. Um, things will uh, have to change in some ways, but uh, we still have a civil rights um, equality struggle. Right. Mm-hmm. And it'll it'll go on. Through my my generation and probably you know generations after me, unless we we wake up and uh, because the civil rights movement was very successful because people had to come together and work together. Yeah. Thanks so much for being with us and telling us all this great information for this segment. I really appreciate it. Uh, you what? You've been listening to Building Abundant Success with Sabrina Marie. Copyright. February 19th, 2023.